What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English, joined by my co-host today, Zach Hamill, to talk some more NBA hoops. Zach, how are we doing today? Hey, man, good. How are we doing? Good. You know, NFL season's over. We're in the middle of hockey season, but NBA is in the full swing right before All-Star break. We're just going to kind of talk some general NBA today. Um, My first thoughts, um, based on the past week or so, is that the entire Western Conference, like the top half, five, six teams, are all just on a tear right now. I'm looking at the standings right now in front of me. And because Golden State lost last night, um, outside, so the Mavericks are the ninth seed right now. But from the ninth seed all the way up, every single one of those teams is at least on a two-game win streak. And then you have the Lakers and Jazz both at seven in a row. So both those teams playing really well, and the Jazz have just been – I think the Jazz are really starting to turn people's heads. I think everyone knew they were going to be a good team, but they look like they can be title contenders right now. Yeah, definitely. They are really deep. They haven't had Conley for like four games, and he's been amazing this year, and they haven't really dropped off at all. Um, they played Miami the other night, and Miami didn't score a point for like the first six minutes of the second half or something like that. Yeah, I was watching that game. They were all, Miami was only down a few at halftime, and like you said, Utah right out of the half just pretty much put the clamps on them. The East is kind of up and down right now. Brooklyn's obviously starting to put it together. Um, the Celtics are kind of falling off the face of the earth. I was texting you a little bit earlier. They're three and seven in their last 10 and just lost back to back games against two of the worst teams in the entire NBA in the Pistons and the Wizards. And I'm starting to wonder if it's time they just need to get rid of Kemba Walker because it doesn't seem like he's really fitting in um, compared to the beginning of the year when they started off really well without him with Tatum and Brown kind of just running the show. Yeah, I think it's 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 not – I wouldn't put it all on him. I think they have the opposite of the Jazz's uh, best tribute. They don't really have anybody besides their top three guys that you can count on night in, night out. Like, a few guys like Ojale playing as much as they are now without Smart, too. They're just not top-tier NBA guys. You know, they might have some nights at home that they play well, but um, – they're at the point now where they're asking too much, I think, of Tatum and Brown every night. And, I mean, Walker's got to be there too. But um, if they can find somebody for him, I'm sure they're going to try. But I think they need to – and if, maybe they'll use him to get depth. Maybe they'll use him to get a couple guys. But they uh, they just need more NBA rotation players, I think, at this point. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you, do you think that they need to move him and necessarily get a guard in return? Because we've seen how good, you know – um, Brown has been um, even some of their young guys um, the kid from Oregon has been playing really well for them off the bench um, I know I texted you earlier about maybe looking at like a Kyle Lowry DeShante Murray um, Lonzo Ball's name's obviously been throwing around or like you just kind of mentioned do you think that for better long term for the Celtics do you think they should try to trade him for you know, a few depth guys, maybe a role player that can start and another bench guy that can help contribute. Yeah, that's that's where I think I'd lean to. I I think out of those three guys, I understand the long-term stuff, but I think Lowry's the only one that would help them get near what they want to do this year. 
Um, you know, you're looking maybe like flipping Lowry for like or Lowry flipping Kemba for maybe like Horford and uh, one of the wings from from Oklahoma City that's been playing better this year. Um, I don't know, maybe like a three way kind of thing. I'm not sure Kemba with the money he makes is that appealing right now, but he does, he's locked up for a while. So if you think he's going to get back to where he was, um, it's funny, like over the summer, we would have thought that Charlotte really has been screwing up by letting Kemba go to the Celtics and the Celtics did a good thing by letting Hayward go to Charlotte, but he's been awesome this year. He really helped them. He really helped them right now. The Celtics. Yeah. I think the Hornets have actually been really surprising. I think they've been playing some great basketball. They've got six wins in their last 10 games. LaMelo ball has been, playing out of his mind him and bridges clearly have a really good connection and hayward's just been consistently chipping in anywhere from 18 to 25 pretty much every single night and they're playing pretty well defensively over the last um 10 games i think they're a team that could end up sneaking into the playoffs i mean you're looking at the hornets and the knicks two teams i think at the beginning of the season you really wouldn't have maybe had um in the playoffs because you know miami's struggling although they've been getting healthy They've won three of their last four. Um, Orlando's been really hit with the injury bug. And then the Cavaliers, who um, we kind of talked about earlier in the years, being really good, they've lost six straight. Um, so I do think Miami's going to get together and probably take one of those team spots. But uh, I've been really impressed with the Hornets and the Knicks, and specifically LaMelo Ball from the Hornets. Yeah, I remember when they hired Brago from over – like the pop of his tree, everyone raved about him, and you couldn't really see it yet because the roster wasn't there. But they are they are pretty spursy. The ball loops around, and then a lot of their lottery picks they never really hit home runs with them. But um, you know, guys like Bridges and um, PJ Washington are definitely like solid, solid players that you can count on night in night out. I did see a uh, rumor the other day, and it was revolving around the Hornets and the Atlanta Hawks because I think it's pretty evident the Hawks got off to a really good start and have kind of fallen off lately. Um, And it just doesn't seem like it's working. They just have so many players in the front court. It seems like they're getting ready to move on from John Collins potentially. And I saw a rumor about John Collins potentially going to the Hornets um, in some sort of deal for PJ Washington. What would your thoughts be on that? You got to You got to really like Collins, which I think that's an upgrade as a player, but he's up at the end of the year and you have, um, you have PJ on two more years on a rookie deal, so you got to really, really like Collins to do that, which that probably makes him better. Um, if they're willing to extend him, I would do it. I mean, they still have Biombo out there playing half the time, so they definitely need to upgrade somewhere in their in their front court. Yeah, I think they're just happy they got rid of Nicholas Batum finally. Um, Indy, he's been okay, but I know, but the contract was pretty. Yeah, um, Indiana's still been kind of surprising. They're still fourth. Um, in the East, despite, you know, Karis LeVert is obviously not going to be playing. They flipped Oladipo, um, who's been playing really well for the Rockets, even though they've kind of fallen off as well. Um, they've just been – I think they're a team we've talked about before every year that they consistently just outplay what people think they're capable of. Yeah, they're, they'll challenge you every night too. They're not going to turn the ball over. They're not going to make it easy on you. Um, they'll play defense. And guys like Brogdon, uh, Sabonis, um, even like, you know, McConnell in the holidays, they they play really sound basketball. So, you know, you can't – it's not like when you, if you go in and play Detroit and you just know they're going to throw the ball over the court and hopefully make a bunch of threes. Like, they're going to play their system. They're going to make you play at their pace, all that, all that stuff. Yeah. And um, 
kind of looking over at the West, um, it's actually really funny because you and me were texting back and forth like for a few days in a row about the Mavericks and if they need to blow it up or not. Now they've won four straight, and it looks like KP has finally kind of found himself. I'm still very questionable about if they can be a playoff team or even if that roster is going to be what they want to be going forward. I think they still need to make some pretty drastic changes. Yeah, with them, it's just a matter of uh, their threes are going in now. And it really does – it really can change everything about the way people think about your season because, um, you know, they were missing pretty – they were last in the league, I know, before they started this win streak. I'm sure that's improved at this point. But, um, you know, guys like Hardaway and Josh Richardson and Finney Smith, you know, I don't know if you can count on them the way you could count on Curry last year or – and even like – What's the kid from oh, Jalen? Like even Jalen Brunson, you know, he'll make three in a row, and then he'll miss four in a row. And in in Porzingis' streak, he, I just think, you know, Luke is going to get them open threes. There's they're going to go as far as the, as their three point percentage goes. I think. I think they should be a team that potentially is calling the Pelicans about like a JJ Redick just to get them more shooting. I still can't believe that. Like we've talked about so many times, all these teams just not bring back Seth Curry, and you look at what he's been doing and. Philadelphia. I want to say they're like eighteen and three when he plays this year. Yeah, he's shooting fifty percent from three. I think. Yeah, right now I think he's actually shooting a hundred percent from the free throw line as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and it's, it's not like he kills you on defense. They still have an amazing defense when he's on the court. So I don't. Yeah, like we could talk about it all day. I I, I just don't understand it. I think one team that's been really surprising that you've texted me about a few times is the Spurs. The Spurs have been playing really well and they're kind of just like floating right now at the six seed like they're not really getting talked about a lot Aldridge and DeRozan are having good seasons some of their young players Murray Walker all those guys have really stepped up and been playing um really well um they were a team that I thought maybe would be fighting for an eight spot but the way they've been playing they seem like they could end up being a um five six seed if they continue this the rest of the season yeah, I don't know if they'll hang on to to this spot, but I do think they'll be in the in the play. And the thing with Popovich is, it was so fluid for a while after the Kawhi situation, and then, you know, I think they thought Aldridge and, and DeRozan and Gay would be rentals, and they really haven't been. I don't think they can get rid of them. And so once he once Popovich had like a you know a stayed constant situation and, and figured out, okay, these are my pieces. Let's see what we can do. Now they're just playing Spurs basketball again. Like Patty Mills is still out there trucking. Um, you know, he, I see every he'll have twenty points every other game, and then their wings like Murray Johnson, Walker, all those guys are just kind of coming into their own finally. And it's just you know I, I stopped being surprised by the Spurs years ago. It's just it's just weird to see people that I don't recognize out there doing it for them. Yeah, um, Portland's right above them. I've been really impressed the way Dame has handled this season because once again they just. Every year, the past, like, three, four years, they deal with major injuries. And it's not like losing just, like, one role player. Like, it's losing significant starters, Nurkic and McCollum. And they lost Zach Collins. Hood's kind of been in and out of the lineup dealing with a little bit of injury. Um, And he's still just playing really well and has them sitting in um, the five spot. I don't think they can really go much higher just based on teams that are playing above them. But I thought they – just based on the injuries, were really going to fall off because I didn't think that Dame by himself was going to be able to really 
carry them, especially without CJ, but he's been doing a phenomenal job and they've won three straight as well. Yeah, they finally got him uh, a second unit that's that has players on it. And then now they, a lot of them have become starters because of what you're talking about. But um, like last year, the drop off was so huge after their, you know, top couple guys that they have mellow, but feels more comfortable there now. He's had a full year in the system, like, like Rodney Hood. Um, you know, even Cantor, you know, you say what you want about him defensively. He's, he's going to give you 20 and 10 every single night. And, um, you know, Anthony Simons is, is, a pretty good NBA player at the very least. And I think, you know, if they can hang into like the seven spot, I don't think, you know, if, if say Utah has this amazing season all year and is the two, and then they have, they end up drawing like the Portland, Portland with Nurkic and CJ back. I think that'd be really, they'd be like, Oh, that was, that was all for nothing. This sucks. Yeah. I think Derek Jones juniors played really well for them too. Um, the Suns have been on a tear lately. They've won eight of their last 10. Like, I thought like CP3 was obviously going to be a great addition, but the way he's been playing just in that system, it's almost like he's been playing there for five, six years. Like him and Booker and Aiton, the three of them just feed off each other so well. And then they're just surrounded by guys who can knock down threes and play defense, whether it's Kaminsky, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, all those guys. I think they're going to be a really tough out. Um, come playoff time yeah me too miles bridges is taking a huge step this year um he's awesome and i think he's he doesn't just square up and shoot like he'll go past guys he'll make he'll make he'll play make he'll do all the stuff that i didn't think he had in him and then cameron Payne has, has extended his awesome bubble play last year and chris paul the thing with him is just like down the stretch in close games he's just so reliable i can't like stress it enough it he did it you know you put him on all these different teams towards the end of his career and um, they're like always the best clutch team in the last five minutes with like the quality of shots they get and their their field goal percentage by far. It's just it's just the thing you can count on year in year out. Like you know, casual fans always call him a choker, and it's just the, it's the biggest crock of shit in the world. He's awesome. Yeah, then pair that with Devin Booker, who's already shown multiple times that he can be a clutch shooter too. So to have two guys like that is just going to make them even more lethal. Um, and the Sacramento Kings. Um, I know you were texting me about them just being really fun to watch. They've won seven of their last ten. Um, it finally seems like after three, four years of waiting, they finally have started to kind of click with Heald and Fox in the backcourt and Bagley in the front court, and then just a bunch of other guys chipping in. And all, although Lamelo Ball has been playing out of his out of this world lately, I still think Halliburton's got to be Rookie of the Year, and he's just been having a phenomenal stretch for them. Yeah, he's already a, like a plus NBA defender, which rookies really never are. And, um, you know, if they if they didn't turn it around, I think a lot of teams would be calling on Harrison Barnes because he's been really good this year. But, like, the playing tournament thing is going to be able to, for you to tell your fans you made the playoffs, basically, even if you didn't. So a lot of teams like that have been chasing for a while that haven't been in like them especially, I think would normally be sellers at the deadline. But there's going to be a ton of teams talking themselves into – you know, we could make a run at this thing. Even like the Thunder, who I thought would be dreadful this year, aren't that far out of it. And I just don't know if you're a team like we were talking like the Celtics, we started this whole thing with. If you're looking for an upgrade, I just don't know where you go. Because New Orleans has been, you know, they just got killed by Luca and KP on a crazy game, but they've been better lately. The only team I think I know is out of it is Minnesota. And I don't even know what I would want from that team if I was, was going to call them. 
Yeah, the only three, four teams in the NBA that are really, I would say, out of it is Minnesota, Detroit, Washington. Wizards, probably. Yeah, and then maybe Orlando, just based on the injuries they've had. I mean, they just, I mean, they don't even really have a point guard right now. Um, yeah, that's that's a team I think there's pieces on. I I would call you know like little small stuff. I mean, if you can get Aaron Gordon, great. I've never been a huge fan of his. I think a lot of you know draft people were super high on him, and he's athletically he looks like he would be, but he's I just he doesn't do it for me for that amount of money. But if you even like a guy like Terrence Ross, I think can help you as like the eighth guy on your team. Yeah, and I think the biggest question mark because of having the play in is is there going to be that big trade like we normally see at an NBA deadline and because like you just mentioned I don't really know if there will be I think the biggest names obviously that have been talked about are you know Kevin Love Blake Griffin um, Andre Drummond to an extent Um, other than that I mean Bradley Beal's name's there but I still feel like they're not going to move him Um, John Collins is probably the biggest name that I've recently heard and maybe Kyle Lowry Um, but one player that I'm kind of intrigued about um, or not even player players is there was an article the other day that I read. I forgot it was the Chicago times or maybe it was just a bleacher article that the bulls were saying that they're not going to hang up the phone. Um, if anyone calls about any player, um, I thought that was a little bit interesting because I thought a player like Kobe white would be probably untouchable And the way Levine's been playing. Um, I wouldn't really move him right now. I think Levine and Julius Randall, when I texted you earlier, are kind of in that same category. They've been playing so well, but then you get in the scary territory of do you pay them that big money or are they just, you know, players that are in or on bad teams and get so much so much volume of the offense that they're just playing really well. Um, I don't know what your thoughts on that are. Yeah, I always thought that's who Levine was, but he has been better this year than even I thought he'd be. Um you know, some nights they look like they're putting stuff together. Some nights they still look like a mess. I just don't think the pieces fit there. And I think Donovan's a good coach. So, you know, he'll he'll know which guys are worth keeping around. I think um, Levine and White are both such instant offense guys, but, you know, they can't really guard anybody. I'll be very interested to see the all-star voting among, the, like, the media and the coaches for Julius Randle because I think he'll miss barely. But I just wonder if, like, people – because that, that's how you know if, like, they, if, like, the, if it's, like, his peers think that he – is putting up empty numbers. I just wonder how close he'll come to making the team because if you had to pick a, a Nick, it would be him. And they've been kind of good enough. Like, they're in, like, the seventh spot or something right now, right? Yeah, they're in the seventh spot right now. I, I think Julius Randle deserves to be an all-star the way he's been playing this year. Yeah, and like, like the big trade, like we were saying, won't have already happened. It's Harden. So, those three guys are all going to make it. Um, Probably Giannis and Middleton. You know, I don't know. Maybe he will. I just it, I, I'll be shocked if he does. If he does, then it'll, then it'll, it'll prove that it'll answer it for you. Because like, I don't really, I just don't know. I th- I still lean towards it being a, a bad team, good stats guy, but he is playing harder defense and he's he's passing. He just turns the ball a lot, over a lot still too. Yeah, I just think, but he's but he's way better. He's way better than I thought he'd be. Yeah, the, the Knicks the Knicks are in general. Yeah, and I think Thibodeau's been doing um, a really good job there. Um, I think the Derrick Rose trade was actually pretty good because it gets Rose off of a terrible Detroit team. And I think it actually helps with, you know, their young guys like Emmanuel Quickly um, and him coming in together off the bench. Um, but 
Um, I think Derrick Rose is going to potentially – I think that's a move that is going to be go under the radars, could keep the Knicks right at that 7-8 spot for a playoff thing. It's just going to be more of – it's just tough because I don't think the Knicks actually really control their playoff. I think it's more of if the Raptors and Heat get it together or not. Right. And then um... – yeah, and I, and I think it will be dependent on if the Raptors make it blow up their team or not. You know, I think if they stay together, they have enough continuity where they will end up passing those guys. Um, it just depends if they want to. I think Masai Ujiri is on a is on his last year of his deal too, so I don't know how long how much longer he wants to be around. So if he's going to part ways, he probably will, will blow it up. But if he's going to stay inside a new deal, he probably wants to keep his key pieces there. I don't know because Toronto has been better because they started off like so poorly that they're definitely better than the Knicks. But like you said, if the teams behind them decide to, you know, just kind of go for it, then they're going to be on the outside looking in. Yeah, I think Miami is interesting. They've been kind of throwing their name in the trade head. I saw a rumor about um, Mialica from the Kings. They were interested in him. They've just been – their power forward position has been so questionable because olenek has been playing there. Achua has been playing as much off the bench. Um this Max Strauss, I didn't even know he was on the heat before the last, like, two weeks. Um, and, you know, Dragic and Bradley are still out, and you can tell how much they miss him. I know Hero's been playing better since he's been coming off the bench instead of starting, which I think is actually a more ideal role for him. Um, and I think the Heat, are, in general, are going to get it together just because of Spolster. I think he's just a coach that knows his team and will get a turn on. Jimmy Butler's been – I think he's had two uh, triple-doubles in his last three games. Um they just have been really bad defensively compared to most other um, Heat teams that I've seen in the past three, four years. But I think the Raptors and Heat are definitely going to be the two teams you have to watch if you're a Knicks or a Hornets fan. Yeah, and I think, you know, as bad as they've been, and they've been really bad, I, I would still take them over like Atlanta all day, you know. Yeah, Absolutely. Atlanta still just doesn't do it for me. Even when they were hot, I was skeptical because it was like they were playing Brooklyn Nets ball and they can't score like that at night in and night out. I think Bogdanovich would help, but they just have so – they don't know what they want to do on the wing anymore. They have too many guys. And, like, all of them kind of can play. It's not going to even suck. But they don't know which ones they want to develop and which ones they want to, you know, get rid of. Because I don't think any of them have had enough time with each other to really flesh it out. Yeah, Cam Reddish has been – really good for them this year um, at times. This was Herter. Herter's been good. Hunter's been yeah. good. A lot of them have been on, like, hurt spells. And then they're paying, you know, Gallinari a million dollars to run three-point line to three-point line. Way, way more than a million. Yeah. Um, one team in the West that is kind of similar in the Celt- to the Celtic situation that I think they've been worse than you and I have both predicted, and I think you had them at the number one for the end of the season, is the Nuggets. Um They've been better lately, but I still feel like they're trying to figure things out. I know Michael Porter Jr. has been um, a hot name there about what they should do with them. I believe Millsap's on the last year of his deal there, too. Um, So they've been just kind of up and down. They haven't really been nearly what they were last year um, in the bubble. Yeah, they – Murray and Morris both really just haven't been as good as they were last year. They were both so lights out. Um, I just didn't think Jeremy Grant would be that big of a drop off. And I don't think that's all it is, but they also haven't been shooting it well. 
Um, you know, Barton and Harris, I don't think we're ever going to get back to where they were pre-injury. But um, Jokic is carrying them where they are. I still like – we were talking about um, like the Spurs and the Blazers. Like I still, you know, give me the Nuggets all day. I think you too. Yeah. Um, but they just don't – they can't really string it together for like three games in a row. But it seems like they're not getting killed in these games. They're, they're like – it's like a couple plays away every time, you know. I just think they need more – I mean, this has been the story with them for years. Murray – Murray is just such an enigma sometimes. Like he, you know, he looks amazing and he has that bubble performance. I think everyone just kind of christened him a little bit too quickly. Yeah. Cause if he would have, if he plays like that, they would be way higher in the standings and yeah. he'd be an all star almost every year. But he's significant, not, I don't want to say significantly dropped off, but the way he played in the bubble was so good that, like you said, I think people were kind of like, holy shit, like, this kid's going to be a top five guard. And then, you know, you've seen what Steph and Dame um, and these other guys have been doing, even Chris Paul. Um, and you realize that, and Luca even too, uh, and you realize that he's still in that, you know, seven to 10 range, probably more or less for the guards. Yeah. I think, you know, there is, there's just something to playing on the same rims every single day, not getting on planes, not having to, you know, having your diet under control really, have it only be basketball. It probably felt like an open run to these guys at, at some point. And I know they're trying really hard. I don't mean to say that. I just mean like the pressure was kind of off. And you saw so many guys just go crazy night in and night out during that thing. I think we may have maybe uh, rushed it with a couple guys. Yeah. Um, one thing about the Nuggets, though, I had sent you the video. RJ Hampton, I think, is going to be a player in a few years. That kid's just a freak athlete. Yeah, and he's another really enticing piece if they want to make an upgrade for a trade. I think teams will want him. That dunk he had on Osman was probably one of the best dunks I've seen in the past, like, five years. Yeah, I was, when he caught back, I was like, there's no way. And then it, it was it wasn't, it was not even really close. Yeah. Um, I want to get your opinion on – we already talked about Halliburton a little bit. I want to kind of talk about some of the other NBA awards um, as of right now as we're kind of approaching the – all-star break who would be your top three right now um for mvp Embiid, i think is still one for me um lebron and then the third one is tough i mean i think it's got to be Jokic just because his on off numbers are so crazy but you know he's got to get the ranking up because it'd be him or like steph right I guess you have another name that you should be throwing in there. There are a few more that you can easily um, do. You know? I would personally, just based on how they're playing right now, I think Donovan Mitchell's name should be thrown in there. Well, I've seen a lot, I've seen that people split that between him and Gobert as who their most important guy is. I think I'd be I'd lean with you, but Gobert's Gobert's got defensive player of the year locked already. I think yeah, like locked. And then he's been even a little bit better on offense. They're just such a they're just such a team product right now. The Mitchell's awesome, but you know the other guys we said I think are really putting these teams on his on their shoulders sometimes. Like, and when Embiid comes off the court, Philly goes to shit. Yeah, I think you would even throw Dame's name in there just based on the injuries and where he has them right now. I'd still get yeah. Curry oh, and them I'd, above I'd, him, but yeah, Steph Curry and then you know Kawhi's numbers are quietly amazing, like they always are. Same thing with KD. KD's up there too, probably. I know he missed a few games because of the whole tracing issue, but. Right, and then like Giannis won't be in the mix because they just the voters get bored. You know how it goes. And then the way they flame out of the playoffs two years in a row, but he's he's been awesome again. 
you know, they're and they're they're still turning into a buzzsaw when they want to. Yeah, I just think that the Bucks are just, and I had this exact thought when I was watching. It was the Suns Bucks game the other night. Um, Booker and Paul were incredible down the stretch. Frank Kaminsky actually had a few big shots in that game. But if you saw Devin Booker's post game, it was the Bucks had a chance to you know I think it was either tie or win the game, and Giannis took like a jumper from just like above the free throw line and Devin Booker after the game was like, as soon as I saw him shoot it, I knew we were good. And just yeah, like, it's just like, like every year they, you know, kill teams in the regular season. They're always like a top three seed, but when it comes playoff time, I just don't have the confidence. I mean, you saw what Miami did to them. They locked Giannis down from the paint and Middleton's been really good this year. Um, I just think they need another player there and like drew holiday is a great player but he's been you know a little bit banged up plus he's on i think he's on the COVID list right now um yeah i just there's still another and it's crazy to think that he's won back-to-back mvps and he, they still need like another piece for them to really get over the hump just because he still has not developed a jumper or a three-point game enough that it's a threat and like ben simmons i think is different because ben can just put his head down and he's so good defensively um, and he's a great passer compared to like Giannis, then it's different um, in a way. Plus he has Embiid, who I think is obviously way better um, than a second fiddle to like Middleton um, from like that perspective. And like, obviously they have shooters all around with Curry and them, but like I think you would text me the other day, them losing George Hill and like some of those bench guys has been really like has hurt them this year. Yeah. And like, I would never ever say that Ben is better than Giannis. But there is something to be said there. What you like to extend on your point, like for so many years, Bucks fans would like talk shit to Sixers fans and just be like, you know, at least Giannis shoots them. At least he shoots them to keep the defense honest. But there's got to be some relief to the fact that Sixers fans just knowing Ben isn't going to shoot it. And like some nights you'll have Giannis go 0 for six and just shoot you out of the game, and you got to be pulling your hair out. Like I wish you wouldn't shoot it, you know. So like even though Ben drives you nuts in a different way, you don't know try to say yeah, like. At least there's no expect like the like the Sixers know if Ben is the ball at the top of the key, I better get moving because he's passing the ball to somebody, and so it's just like there's just more of like a I don't know the Philly just seems like they're in a rhythm right now and they don't need him to be pulling threes. Whereas certain teams that kind of are smarter against the Bucks will just pack the paint and fall in and dare Giannis to do something else. And I think Ben's a little bit more creative at doing that when he's going downhill. Yeah, and I think to touch on that too, I think the fact that. With Ben Simmons, I think before, and it's especially now that they've got these guys like Maxie and Curry that, and Danny Green too, that he can kick the ball out to, that he doesn't even need to even think about shooting it. I think before when they didn't have the shooters, you wanted to see him at least attempt it a little bit more. And because you see what Dame and Steph and those guys do, like they're pulling up from a step inside half or outside half court, um, it's kind of just typical that a point guard would shoot threes at a consistent level where Ben's kind of one of the few that has a completely different game. It's more drive downhill, get into the paint, dunk on you, really elite passer for his size. And then for Giannis's case, you see like Kevin Durant, even LeBron James now has got a consistent three-pointer and you have all these guys, Kawhi, Paul George, and Giannis is just like, he's at their level as far as like talent overall, but he's nowhere near any of those guys from a shooting perspective. Right, and it's like as long as as long as you 
Ben is he, he was getting to the line to the free throw line, then it's not an issue. You know, when Ben put, when Ben ducks his puts his tail between his legs and stops attaching the rim, that's when it's a problem. But he hasn't done that yet this year. And like I think when he gets to the rim, he's a lot more like Jimmy Butler than anybody else. Like no one yells at Jimmy Butler to shoot more threes, but it's because Butler will, you know, shoot from the foul line. He'll get to the rim and he'll get to the foul line a lot. Yeah, and like when I was watching, he came the other day, and then they ended the game when they showed Jimmy Butler a triple double. I like didn't even like realize it throughout the game. It's just like him and Ben. Like I feel like you just don't notice it sometimes. Like you just think it's natural, and then by the end of the game, right. they're sitting there with fifteen, ten, and ten. And you're like, holy shit. <laughs> Yeah, the same with LeBron, but it's like 28, 10, and 10 sometimes in your – Yeah. Um, and then who would you have for your coach of the year right now? Snyder. Yeah, I think that's pretty – I'd have Snyder one, Rivers um, two, and then I actually think I'd have um, Monty Williams at three personally. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change any of that, I don't think. Yeah, I just – I'm really curious to if Utah can do this the rest of the year and if come playoff time, if they're going to be ready to take that next step. Because I think the Nuggets last year in the bubble kind of took that next step instead of always just getting bounced in the first, second round. I'm curious to see if the Jazz can now make that next step. Yeah, I mean, Conley's three rimmed out. If it doesn't rim out. I wonder what we're, how I wonder how everyone feels about Utah if, if the Jazz win that series, you know. Um, and dude, if they get fans in the building as the one seed, that place goes nuts. So, you know, I believe in them. They're, it's not like they're it's not like they're fluke wins. They're beating teams by fifteen, like every single night. Um, but I just I don't know when it comes down to it, it's who guards LeBron. You know, is Royce O'Neal and Bogdanovich team working on LeBron enough? I don't know. Yeah, and like you just said, like it's not even like they're beating like bad teams either like they've no they just work milwaukee yeah their only loss in their last like 15 games is to it's to denver by 11 but i mean you're looking at that was like a that went that was a game where Jokic just went bananas too i think in the first half he had like four yeah i'm not even exaggerating yeah and like they beat denver in that stretch they beat golden state by like 20 they beat dallas soundly twice um, they beat a Charlotte team that was hot. They beat Indiana, Boston, Milwaukee, and Miami, like all very convincingly. Um, they have a game yeah. coming up actually tomorrow against um, Philly, and then they got back-to-back against the Clippers. So I think you're going to find out, too, um, how good they really are. And then right after they play Charlotte, they got Lakers-Miami. So they got a good stretch of games coming up. And if they win, you know, five of those seven games, I think they have a legit shot at making at least the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, and if you get the one, then they get the Lakers and Clippers to knock one of each other off for them, you know? And they don't have to go through both, which I think would be huge. Yeah, and like you had touched upon before, I think Utah in general is just a tough place to play. I was joking the other day about what matchups I want to see, and I want to see Golden State play them because I think every time I see Steph play in Utah, he drops like 40. I'm like, it's something about the altitude, man. But like playing up there, like just – traveling up there and like getting the feel there and you know playing and their their fans their fans are really great too they really are yeah you know, it just gets, gets louder than anywhere else and they're one of the few i think arenas that do have fans right now yeah even at a limited capacity they, they, they've been there yeah yeah because i don't really know how many i think there's maybe eight to ten teams that have them now i know miami has some um 
I think I don't know if the Lakers or them have any. I don't think so. I think only San Francisco can in California, weirdly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much gonna do it for today's episode. Next week or in a few weeks, I think we're gonna have a really interesting um episode. I had mentioned to you before, I wanna do a the expansion. So we're gonna do a Seattle Sonics Buffalo Braves two expansion teams and you and me are going to draft them. So we're going to have to talk over the next few weeks about what players we think would be um, cap- eligible. Yeah, eligible. Um, Cause I think it's when I was looking at it yesterday, it's eight players are protected for each team. I think I want to change it to like six or seven, just to make it a little more interesting. And since we're going to do two teams, I think we could do it at seven and be good. Um, right. And then we'll, we'll have to talk about, if rookie, if we want to do like rookies are eligible or not, um, and stuff like that. But I think that'd be a really cool thing to do. So we'll, we'll do that next time we, uh, have an episode here in a few weeks. Sounds good. And then lastly, I just wanted to, Atlanta definitely has fans because they're talking about bringing them in for the all-star game. Yes. Oh, that's right. The last thing real quick, all-star game. What are your thoughts on LeBron, De'Aaron Fox, Giannis, all those guys kind of basically saying they don't want to play in it at all. And do they have a point? Oh, did you did you see when LeBron was in Atlanta last? What happened on the side? No, I did. oh, was that when that fan got ejected? Right. Yeah, I just think he he must be. You know, they're not wearing a mask; they're screaming at him from two feet away. Um, he's probably just like, dude, are you kidding me? And then to be like, you have to go back there. And I'm sure this isn't the only event that makes him want to say no. You know what I mean? But like, he probably left a bad taste in his mouth. And if they like, if this was the plan the whole way, that's fine. But they probably were really looking forward to like just a week off. Well, yes. Where they wouldn't have, but they wouldn't have to be traveling and going in hotels and like worrying about getting sick. Of yeah, them. especially beginning of the year when they said right from the start there wasn't going to be an All Star game, and now all of a sudden it feels like it's going to be on. And yeah. now it says they're thinking about doing like the dunk and three point at halftime. And I just think, like you said, I think a lot of these players, like you're already dealing. I mean, for the most part, I think NBA is pretty pretty good with the COVID stuff. But you're, now you're talking about bringing in you know, players from, you know, 15, 20 different teams, plus probably 25 if you do do the dunk and three-point contest into one area, and then you're sending them all back. It's just like, I just don't think there's – like, I get it because the All-Star game's always for the fans, but there's no fans this year. So it's just like, I feel like it's kind of – like, the part of the dunk contest three-point contest, to me, of it being fun is when all the fans are around and they're holding up like the tens and stuff on like in the sideline stuff. And I feel like part of that's all taken away when there's no fans there. So I can, I kind of get it from the player perspective why they don't want to do it. Then again, NBA is all about money. So I get why they're trying to do it. Yeah. Like it's usually an event for like, if, if players aren't even in the game, a lot of them just go for like the parties and like every ex player goes and like all the TNT employees, you know, it's a party for them, but none of the parties are going to be available. And, like, I know that sounds selfish to them, but, like, I would say the same thing. I'd be like, you know, the, I get to put on a show for you guys, and then I get to have a good time with my friends. This time I can't have a good time with my friends. I'd rather just go home and, you know, sleep and hang out with my family for five days. Yeah, completely agree. But, all right, that's going to do it for today's episode. Uh, appreciate everyone for listening. Good talking to you again, Zach, and we will talk in a few weeks.